The sun's out and the shades are in. Get your home summer ready with custom window treatments from Blinds.com. Get a high-end look without the high-end price with the most popular outdoor shades and transform your backyard into the perfect weekend oasis with light filtering shades that help block UV rays without obstructing your view. Plus, right now on Blinds.com is offering up to 35% off everything. Yes, that's 35% off everything, making it to breeze, making it a breeze to upgrade any room in your home, indoors or out. With over 25 million blinds sold and over 35,000 five-star reviews, there's a reason why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world. Whether you do it yourself or have them handle the install from start to finish, Blinds.com makes ordering custom window treatments online easy with free shipping and 100% guaranteed perfect fit. Sunshine and barbecues are in the forecast. Upgrade your backyard and window treatments with Blinds.com today and enjoy a great view all summer long. Go to the link in our show notes to show up to 35% off statewide. That's the link in our show notes for over 35% off site-wide. Rules and restrictions may apply. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name, that happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP John Paz, and today we have a very special guest. She is a former wrestler, actress, model, stuntwoman. You may know her as Hollywood from Glow. She is also a famed author. She is Jean Bissot. Jean, welcome to the two-man power trip. How are you doing? I'm good, John. How are you today? I'm doing very good. What has been going on with you? You seem like you're keeping super, super busy. What's going on in your world? Oh, gosh, lots of stuff, lots of things. Um, well, let's see, pandemic-wise, healthy, healthy, healthy. Thank goodness for that. And um, here's something that's interesting. Um, this is before the pandemic happened and, and you know, with COVID. Um, I started making soap. You know, on my down times, I'm like, I like to, you know, why soap? Yeah, it's natural. There's natural ingredients. I kind of like what I put uh, on my face. And so I started doing a little due diligence on uh, the um, ingredients and how to do it. Got some books, looked at some videos, and I thought, this is simple, easy. I can do it. So um, I started making soap, and you know I gave it away as presents, and then I thought, well, let's do, let's put some on Etsy and see how it does, and it's gone really good. So it's been over two and a half years, and I am still making soap. I did two batches today, uh, this morning. They don't take long to do, but they do. Um, uh, they take a little time to cure, 
So when you do make soap, basically the ingredients are, for my ingredients, it's some organic coconut oil, olive oil, shea butter, castor oil. You need distilled water and a little lye that makes soap. Now, once you make it, it's not good to go yet. You want to wait about three or four weeks because what you do is you want the water that's in the soap to evaporate so that you get a harder bar of soap. Uh, so I'm, I'm usually busy doing that and I love doing it. It's fun. The name of my company is HollywoodBotanica.com and Hollywood for obvious reasons, Botanica for other. I just like the word and I spelled Botanica with a K. So that's the newest thing that I love or hobby other than wrestling. And you know what? I'm still doing the wrestling. John, I've been doing that wrestling I mean, I never quit. I still continued once, you know, after Glow was over. Uh, I worked for a lot of independent companies. And then after the Indies, I started my own company called Hollywood Productions. Um, and I've been doing that ever since. I still do a little stuff with uh, some bigger companies. NWA, which is Billy Corgan's company. Uh, he's got a pay-per-view coming up, I believe, August 29th in St. Louis is a pay-per-view, and he asked me to be around for that. So I've done two shows with him before, uh, and this will be a third one. I don't necessarily have to wrestle in all of them. You know, I can uh, interfere. I can be my bad guy persona. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, which I love. You know, when people ask me because I can play both parts because I do for my company, sometimes I'm Wonder Woman, and I love playing that character. Um, so it's just as easy for me to be a bad girl as it is to be, you know, a goody two shoes, a baby face. So yeah. And, you know, we keep busy as well, John. I, um, the conventions, of course, last year, all of the conventions were scratched, you know, and, and put on hold. So, um, I think I had, I had, uh, in your area, I think, I don't know if you're your East Coast, mm-hmm. uh, there was AppleCon. AppleCon was in May, but it was early May, so they ended up cancel- canceling and postponing for that one. Um, so I didn't do that, but I went to Albany, New York just recently, and um, well, there was four of us who went up there and did a little autograph signing and then a virtual signing, which was great because the virtuals are awesome. So that was one of the first ones. And then CAC, which is the Cauliflower Alley Club, was postponed till September, and that'll be coming up September 13th through 15th in Las Vegas. Um, I have a new comic, so this is my yes. second comic. It's not. It's not my first one, John. The first one, Lightning from Glow, and myself had one somewhere around 1993 uh, by a company called Pen and Ink, and there were only three made. Uh, I was number two, Lightning was number three, and some. I'm trying to remember something. Princess Victoria, is that it? I'm not quite sure, was number was one. So we still have those, but the second comic by Squared Circle is very cool. It's 25 pages colored. I just got those in the mail. Um, they uh, also did Bruno Sam, Marti- uh, Sam Martino, The Rock and Roll Express. Uh, another glow girl they had done as well and it just keeps going and going but i have a convention with them and that's daytona comic-con and i'm going to be there i believe it's september 18th and 19th another virtual signing after that so september's slammed right now um and then you've got in november is the big event in new york which i've done several times and that's another autograph session so you know hopefully I'm not sure when this is going to air or not, but I'm hoping that these things will still continue and they're not postponed or we're back to square one and probably back in 2022. But I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and hopefully everything is going to keep moving forward in the right direction. Yeah, you're keeping (laughs) very busy. Wow. I I know. I I love it. Um, You know, that's one thing about the wrestling. Kind of when GLOW ended... I continued it. I a lot of the ladies stopped, and um, you know for good reason. They got married. They had children. You know. You know. Glow was. You know. For me, I did four seasons. I did the pilot, and all four seasons of that show. Um, I'm the only one that did the pilot in four seasons. And then we have, you know, uh, Nanuchka did four seasons of Glow. 
um, and Mountain Fiji had done four seasons. So we're the only three. So um, I continued it. I loved it. Uh, you know, kind of gets in your blood and um, you, you do what you love. Same as the soap. Now, the soap I'll probably be doing for a while as well, just because that's a very cool hobby. It's really relaxing. Um, so that, that's pretty cool as, as well. But I, but, I, but I love the wrestling. And then I worked on a book. You said the author. That's another thing. One of my friends, A.J. Devlin, uh, who I met through a friend. Um, do you remember? I'm not sure. Um, do you remember um, a wrestling magazine that came out? Gosh, I think it was in the 80s. And it was all women's. He was one of the editors. And I'm trying to remember what that damn magazine is. He's going to kill me because I can't remember the magazine right now. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but that was out for a while. But Bob Harris is a friend of mine from Vancouver. He was an editor of a wrestling magazine that was uh, Tribeca Publishing out of New York. Uh, Fighting Females. That's it. Fighting Females. He introduced me to um, uh, an award-winning author named A.J. Devlin. And A.J.'s got these crime books. And he's got three of them. He's got a trilogy out right now. And on one of them, he had asked me to be on, uh, you know, the blurbs on the back cover of the of the books. So I wrote something for him there, uh, which is great. And um, I also wrote a little something in my favorite horror movie, too. Um, a director by the name of Christian Ackerman um, wanted a few celebrities to write what their favorite horror movie was. And I wrote... He said, this has to be over 750 words. And sometimes it's real difficult for me to, like, come up with all, you know, 100 words sometimes, 500 words. But because of this was horror, and I love horror movies, and the worse, the better. You know, if they're rated, you know, if they're B, I like them even more. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I got to do a little blurb, and that came really, really, really easy. Um, and then there was another book, and I wanted to tell you the one by A.J. Devlin is called Rolling Thunder. Cool book. He basically is uh, a wrestler, uh, but he's also a private investigator. So it's very cool that he's got wrestling. The first book is called The Clutch. The second book that I have the blurb on is Rolling Thunder. Um, and it was just an honor to be able to write for this best New York Times um, writer. And then the third book uh, by John Cosper. I see him at CAC all the time. He's got quite a few books out. And he was doing a book called The Ballad of Cousin Elvira. And he asked me to write the forward in it. And that was also an honor to write in his book. Um, all of these you can find, they're on Amazon. So if anyone's interested, I usually bring some when I do my conventions um, and signings. Oh, you know what I said? forgot? December, Los Angeles Comic Con. That's another one. If that's still on, we'll, the Glow Girls will be there. Not just myself. We'll have a lot of the ladies because they live in California. Uh, so that'll be a big one. And then there's Rhode Island Comic Con. Rhode Island's in November. That will have uh, Gremlina from Glow, myself, and probably the Royal Hawaiian who was in season one of Glow. Boy, I need a drink of water now and take a breath. <laughs> Man, Glow is such a force, even even still. What did you think about the remake of Glow? That's a good question. I absolutely loved the remake. It's not a carbon copy, so for anybody who is, you know, may have not have watched the Netflix Glow, uh, it's a carbon copy of our show. So for me, you know, to have somebody um, uh, do a remake or something about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling or, you know, trailblazers. That's kind of what we were. We were ahead of our time. To do that 30 years after was, I was just dumbfounded. I was like, man, I go, this is so cool. Somebody remembers our show. They're going to do a show about our show. Of course, your first question, John, is, well, are the original Glow Girls going to make a cameo? Right. <laughs> we all thought, yeah. You would have thought, and we didn't. We didn't get asked, and I don't know if that was what the reason was for that. I'll tell you, if I was uh, a director or producer, I, I'd want original people in there. You know, yeah, slam dunk. I'd love yep. some. 
Right. Yeah. It's not, it's a no brainer. So who knows? They did a deal with the farmer's daughter. Her character is, uh, or her name is Ursula Hayden. Ursula was one of our, um, our farmer's daughters. She was the third farmer's daughter. And um, she had bought the trademark way back in the day. So they had to go through her, obviously, to um, rent. I don't know what the word is. Lease out, you know, the trademark. So there could have been some kind of deal or deal breaker. Who knows with her? Um, A lot of girls kind of went their own ways. And some people are friends. Some people are not. Who knows what the deal was? But damn, wouldn't it have been fun to see Mountain Fiji or myself or any of the glow girls making a cameo in that oh, it would have been great but i loved it i think mark Marin did uh, at the first season i wasn't sure if i liked him but by the second season i'm like oh yeah oh yeah he's badass he wasn't as mean as our director our director you know was was interesting uh, some of our girls didn't like glow netflix in the beginning because they you know for uh, one thing about Hollywood, no pun intended, is uh, you have to make drama so that you have your viewers come back. You know, they had Mark Maron snorting a lot of cocaine. Again, it's not a carbon copy of our show. Our director was not into drugs. He did not drink. He did like to gamble, you know. So, you know, a lot of the girls were freaked out. Oh, my God, blah, 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 blah. But, God, it made the show so much more interesting to have those kind of elements going on in the show because I was thinking oh my god what are they going to do next what's going to ha-? you know so for me it was always a surprise to see how they were going to play out you know some of the characters they did a great job I love it I think they did great what did you think about Alison Brie as the lead I thought she was awesome excellent actress first of all a beautiful girl I thought she was perfect she reminded me of the girl next door her character reminded me of Americana, um, which was played by Cindy. Um, I can't think of Cindy's last name at the moment, but Americana was like the girl next door. She was the goody-goody, smart girl, and um, she reminded me a lot of her. And then the blonde, Debbie Gilpin. Oh, I liked her as well. She was awesome. The funny thing, though, is to have Allison as the Russian you know what I mean? And Debbie, like the Americana, it was switched, you know, so that was mm-hmm. different. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, I liked I, all three of them. They were Everybody, their supporting cast was also wonderful. Um, here's something I don't know that you probably already know this anyway, but Mondo Guerrero was my trainer. He was the trainer for the first 12 girls for the pilot uh, for GLOW. Well, here we go, 30-some years later, and his nephew, Chavo Guerrero, is training the, uh, the Glow Netflix actresses. I thought, wow, how ironic is that? Yeah, very so cool. So I got to see, I know, it's very cool. I got to see Chavo at a couple of um, conventions a few years ago and spoke with him about that. So we had a fun time talking about, um, I had asked him a question, too. I said, how did you train these girls so quickly uh, for, you know, the Netflix series? This is what he told me. He said, basically, we'd go through the script and we'd get to the wrestling parts. And all I did was train them on those moves that that we were choreographing. So they didn't go through a training the way we did. You know, I was there. I mean, I know that they had to go through training, a lot of training, but they were only on specific moves. He goes, I did not want them to hate wrestling got to remember they were they're actresses they're not wrestlers right so this was something real new for them and i go ah that explains it because it looked good you guys did an amazing job so like i said for those few moves that they did they went over and over those i mean that's what he told me um how how they um trained them for that they did an awesome job bless their hearts because it is not i remember my first time training you're black and blue, or at least you felt black and blue when you went back to work. We were training Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. I did that for about two and a half months, uh, and then we went straight into the pilot in Las Vegas. We filmed. The next year was 1986, and we sold it to television. I quit my job, and 
You know, I was not a wrestler. I did not have a background in wrestling. I didn't even watch wrestling. So it was something um, that I had to learn, you know, from, from, from the beginning. I mean, I was good in sports, but I knew nothing about, you know, then I had to figure out, well, who's the character? Who is Hollywood? Who's her, who's Vine? You know, are we good girls? What, what, what do we do exactly? They gave you minimum. This is your character. You girls are, are pickpockers, you know, pickpocketers, and you're, you steal things, and you're bad guys. Well, that only goes so far. <laughs> so, you know what? We, I did a lot of due diligence. I watched stuff, and I just thought, okay, I'm going to make her cool, though. I'm going to make Hollywood dressed like the 80s uh, uh, video vixens that are in the you know, those 80s rock and roll, because uh, I loved live music so much and live rock and roll, uh, plus all that hair music. That was my thing. So I'm like, I want to make her cool. She's going to wear fish net stockings and she's going to crimp her hair, and, you know. <laughs> but great, great, great thing. I'm so glad, you know, to have been, had that opportunity to, um, to, do, to do GLOW. Wouldn't change that for the world. So uh, how did you actually kind of get that role, or how did you kind of initially get in, even before the training? How did that happen? Yeah, I know, right? So um, I had a day job, 8 to 5. I was a phlebotomist. That's uh, somebody who draws blood in the medical field. And right before that, I had some friends doing some extra work on movies, and they asked me one time, hey, you want to try doing some extra work? I go, I don't even know what that is. So to be able to do that, I had to get with an agency. So my name and number were with this agency. And out of the blue, while I was at work, I noticed that I had a, I don't know, I guess it was a, I guess you couldn't call it a voicemail, <laughs> uh, a message on my machine or a pager or something. And uh, they said, there, you have an audition for a sports show. And they didn't tell us what that sports show was. So it was after work. It was down at the Hyatt on Sunset. I went down, David McLean sitting there, and he started telling us about the audition. And uh, pretty much uh, Glow Netflix did their due diligence because it was ex- almost exactly in the beginning when Alison Brie goes with her picture and resume. Uh, of course, she goes into this small little gym, and we were in the big, you know, area at the um, Hyatt, in one of the conference rooms with like 500 girls. Dave was telling us what we were going to do. And he said, we're going to do um, a sports show in Vegas, but it's going to be all women's wrestling. And I freaked out. I'm like, women's wrestling? What? What? Oh, my God. I don't know anything. I have no clue what wrestling is all about. And, uh, but, you know, when you're, you're fearless, when you're 21 years old, um, a lot of the girls walked out. They were like, uh-uh, this is not for me. And um, and so basically that's how that audition happened. And then Mondo again was training us, and I'd go in every night. I'd see different faces, you know, old faces were leaving, new faces were coming, and they were weeding out the girls that they wanted. They only needed twelve, John, and um, they had a list of characters that we needed to fill. And Hollywood and Vine was one of those characters, and they put Jeannie as Hollywood, and I was thrilled. I'm like, I, I can dig this. I'll figure it out. <laughs> and I did, and I stayed with that character forever, pretty much. And you said you weren't even a fan, so you weren't really familiar with wrestling at all. Not at all. None of the girls were. I don't believe anybody was. Most of the girls, you know, it went to a casting agency, and so they were models and actresses, uh, kind of like Glow Netflix. They were actresses, but um, they... They trained us quickly, very quickly on how to, how to wrestle. So yeah, I only remember my grandfather watching it on TV, and I remember, you know, like Gorgeous George, or those are the characters that kind of stand out in, in my head. I didn't know the history of it. Like now, you know, looking back at the pioneers of wrestling, gosh, without any of those ladies, Mildred Burke and all of them, Penny Banner, without them, you know, we wouldn't have Glow. And without Glow, you wouldn't have Glow Netflix, and you wouldn't have, you know, 
you know, the divas and the attitude era and rock and wrestling, you know, so we have to pay tribute to uh, that era, the, the people before us. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. When you initially yeah. get the Hollywood character, is it like full bore training? Like Mondo is is literally like oh. they say they say trying to blow you up. Like he basically he gets you really exhausted. He has you running ragged. He's got you doing crazy, yes. all, all sorts yes. of crazy training. <laughs> of course, yes. That's funny. You're the only person that's ever asked me that question. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I mean, I'd work till 10 o'clock at night. I was exhausted. And, you know, I remember a bunch of girls laughing at him, thinking that he was just, you know, he put somebody in a chokehold. I think it was a sleeper hold and later passed out. And all the girls, they gasped. They're like, oh, my God. They never laughed again, let me tell you. So when he said to do something, you did it. And for me, you know, um, David Mondo had said, which one of you ladies, this is how crazy it was. She said, which one of you can ram your head in the turnbuckle, turn over and land on your back? What kind, I don't even know what that move is. That, that sounds like, you know, some kind of a concussion or some kind of like, uh, I'm never going to walk again. I raised my hand first, John. I'm like, yes, I can do this. I just figured being brave would probably, you know, get me my gig. And it did. I wasn't afraid to do anything. And like I said, when you're young and if you're in good shape, you know, you, uh, you're going to go far. I didn't just give 100%. I need to give 110%. And nowadays, too, if I, you know, witness, you know, a really excellent young wrestler and I see her doing that, I know right away I go, that girl's going to go far. You know, you, you can't just give 100%. You need to live, eat, breathe it. And um, you can recognize that in people right away. Did you like Mondo and did Mondo like you? Well, I think Mondo liked all of us, but it was hard to say, oh, yeah, you're the greatest. Fuck you. <laughs> so hmm. hardcore on all of us. It was hard. You know, you woke up barely being able to walk out of your bed. Seriously, people will just think, oh, it's so simple, easy. You can be in the best shape. But that's a different kind of sheep of being. And I worked out. But I remember my pain was always upper, upper neck. You know, I remember doing the forward rolls, backward rolls, three-quarter rolls, jumping over this other person and landing. And But the cool thing about all of that training, you know, it puts you in great shape, but also it helps you. What if you fell and tripped? You know how to fall. Another thing I did, you know, after that was stunt work, and that prepared me for stunts right away because if you can wrestle, you can hit the ground hard. So if you're doing a trip and fall for somebody, um, you know, you've got it down. And the cool thing is, is when you're doing, usually when you're doing a stunt, uh, depending on what you're wearing, you can wear step pads, you can wear elbow pads, you can wear something on your tailbone, Um you know, on your knees, uh, but I, we did not wear any padding in glow. It was our nylons that they had us in, our little nylons, uh, and our little outfits, and that was it. Our, our, our um, one thing about our ring it was a little smaller because they didn't want us to look small in a giant ring, so they brought the ropes down a little bit lower, and I don't think that the width and length of that was the same as the men's um so you know trying to get up for me trying to do a uh, running um oh, that's what i always did my my flying head scissors i had to wig it back a little farther to jump up and bring her down by her neck you know because our, our our ring wasn't um like i said it wasn't as big as the men's but we got by we did what we did I think the girls, you know, some people, John, will sit there and make fun of glow girls. Oh, they're not wrestlers. They're they're this. But you know what? In the few years that we had, um, we took those bumps every single night, just like every other wrestler does. Um, we may not have had as, as much training as, you know, the ladies do today and before a lot of the indie girls, but we we did the best that we could, you know. You say it to people, you know, how that, oh, it's fake. Oh, my God. You know, 
taking those bumps every night and then being on tour and doing it. And sometimes our, when we were filming in Las Vegas, we filmed on Saturdays. And I think we started around 2 o'clock in the afternoon and we would go far past, you know, the show. They would just crank all, you know, I do one, two, three, sometimes four matches in one night. And that might be a singles or two singles and uh, a tag team and then a battle royal. So, whew, I'm exhausted saying it. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah. But we did it. But we did it because we were in damn good shape. I mean, you know, you're 22 years old. You do it. And then we had sketches after that. So we might be done, but we weren't done when the audience left. We, we'd have to go back into hair and makeup again, and we'd have sketches that we'd have to do. And, you know, he did that because you know, we, we were a bit tight on money. They didn't have a huge budget. So if cameras and cameramen are there, you're going to do everything you can while everybody's there. With Glow, like when you initially got there, did you think, like, this is going to be a success? Or did you kind of think, eh, I don't know about this. We'll see where it goes and... You know, my, my agency yeah. might be crazy for, for having me do this. Right. So, you know, we did all the shows in Vegas, and the director didn't have us. He didn't have Vegas pick up the show. He did it on purpose. He didn't want us. I don't know why, but he didn't want us watching ourselves, which I think would have been better to watch yourself so you know what can I do better, you know, what can I achieve more from seeing ourselves, uh, I didn't know that we were popular because remember, we, we didn't have cell phones. We don't have social media and websites. So until you went on tour, you didn't know that you were popular. You had no clue until you went out to one of those rustling states or conventions and all of a sudden people are lining up and then you kind of go, hmm, but you still weren't sure. And, you know, uh, the girls that we worked with, all four seasons of the ladies that we worked with were awesome. You know, people go, did you argue? Maybe there was some arguing, but there was nothing to argue about. Everybody was on TV. Everybody was doing their job. Everyone got a chance, you know, to do their part. You know, I did for me because I probably because I did the four seasons, I was able to do a lot more television. I, um, from there, I knew we were kind of popular uh, when we had other shows like Mary with Children that was huge at the time. Myself and the Farmer's Daughter and another character, Big Bed Mama, got to do Mary with Children in, the, in season four. Um, we've got it made. We did talk shows. We did Donahue, uh, all the different ones. And so you kind of figured that you were popular but you still weren't sure. So that's kind of weird for me. I didn't, maybe some of the other girls thought that they might've been more popular than others, but you know, I just kind of took it day by day to see what would happen. Were you nervous at first that it wasn't going to work out? It wasn't going to be popular. or You didn't kind of have a thought either way. Well, I'm so young. I'd never been in TV before, but I was very excited to, to do it. That's the one thing that I went, Oh my gosh, this is TV. I was so nervous. My first match against uh, Tina and Ashley, which uh, Tina became Ivory with WWF, WWE. I'm not quite sure which part, uh, but uh, that was my first match with her and, and, and her tag team partner. I was so nervous. The, what it was is mostly the audience. I was not used to an audience. Uh, so once I kind of figured out who Hollywood was, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, can, how bad can I be, you know, uh, once I figured that out, now I could look into, you know, into their eyes and say, I need your belt right now. People would just, here, Hollywood, here's mine, here's my belt, here's mine, here's mine. I'd use their belt, put it around one of the characters next, throw her into the audience, or they'd have a beer, I'd grab their beer, I'd drink it, throw it on my opponent, give it back. I mean, you know, once I kind of figured out that I took that character to another level, there were things that girls had no idea what I was going to do. I used to come in 15 minutes 
20 minutes before the girls got there and I would hide all kinds of props that I brought uh, under the ring. Um, so the look of surprise on someone's face when they're not knowing what you're planning, they know for a little part what's happening, you know, until I came out with, with my tricks up my sleeves. I used to also have the um, cameramen. I'd, I'd ask them, you guys, um, one of your cords, I go, could you do me a big favor? I said, can you put some, you know, neon colored tape on one of these? I need to pull it up. I want to use it as a prop. Okay, Hollywood, we'll do that. We'll do that. Well, one of the shows, <laughs> I picked up the wrong one. <laughs> and one of the ladies had her headphones on. We had a, a, a female producer or lineman, I don't know, whatever she was. And I picked up her cord by accident. And now I'm pulling her in to the scene. And she's like, Hollywood, Hollywood, no, no, no. And I'm dragging her into it. It was very, very funny. But, yeah, those were the things, you know, that um, I loved doing while I was playing that character. And, you know, when it did end, that was certainly a bummer because I was thinking, well, heck, what are we going to do now? What are, you know, they didn't, it wasn't like, oh, we'll be ending in September. It was a phone call, I believe in the summertime that said, hi, everybody. Show's gone. No more money. No more glow. Click. It was that abrupt. Whoa. Didn't get to say goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Didn't get to say goodbye to a lot of the girls. It was just no more money. And, and Rickless, who owned the Riviera Hotel, was backing our show. And um, that money ended. So that's why there was four seasons. I never got to win the crown either. Uh, the writer said on the last one, he goes, I think the ending, we, we didn't have belts. We had a crown. And um, I think it was Daisy who had the crown. And Daisy was a, a good girl. And her and I were supposed to have a match together in season five where Hollywood would finally get the crown, but I didn't get it. So say living. <laughs> Damn. And did they ever give you an explanation? Like besides, Hey, we're out of money. Did they ever kind of follow that up? Oh yeah. There's always, you know, stories. Oh, he was seeing this girl and his wife found out and she said, pull the show. So he did. So he wouldn't get, divorced and sued and blah, blah, blah. I shouldn't say sued, but, you know, alimony and all that. That was one of the speculated issue, you know, reasons. Who knows? We'll, we'll just say that. We'll, we'll, we'll use that. I mean, there was just a lot of things. And who's, who knows what the real story is, but that's basically what I thought, that he was seeing somebody, wife found out, Pia Zadora, was his wife and uh, said, get rid of the show or I'm leaving basically. And the show stopped immediately. Were you heartbroken? Because I mean, the success of the show, it was very, very popular. Yeah, we were, everybody was upset. We were just like, uh, uh, your mouth was open. What, what, no reason. What do you mean? We have no show. Yeah. I was bummed. And that's though when we started doing me and Lightning got in uh, with the indie indie wrestling, um, and we started doing that for a while. But but it was difficult because there was no um, you know there was no TV anymore. So when you go from television and you go back into a, to the indies, it was just like ugh. I mean, it wasn't as exciting, you know, as as being on television was. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of us were pretty heartbroken. We had worked, let me see, what did we work where? I think I worked with M Memphis Ladies Wrestling and Glory Wrestling, WWA, PPCW, AIWA, some different ones. And then I started my own company, and I called it Hollywood Productions, where I started getting a bunch of girls to wrestle and got a cameraman and like, okay, we'll do our own wrestling. What do you think about current wrestling? What do you think about it? Or do you even watch like the current product? I don't watch it as much because I'm not in it anymore, but I've seen a little bit to, you know, try to keep up. I think that the ladies today are awesome. Oh my God. They're 
They're wonderful athletes, wonderful athletes. I can sit there and watch some of them and just go, oh, my God, she's awesome. The one that I, uh, one girl that I love that reminded me of my character, Sasha Banks, and like I said, I don't keep current on a lot of the girls, uh, but I really liked her character a, a lot. Um, yeah. So you know some of the current girls. Some of them, Charlotte, yeah. <laughs> I see them. The reason why is because, I mean, we do conventions. Uh, so a lot of the youngsters are there, you know, doing their stuff as well. And a lot of some of the ones that were after us are doing theirs. You know, Melina is a, a friend of mine. Um, and she was up there with the Divas. I remember Melina working with her before she got to you know, the big time. She was doing small, small stuff. So I saw her change from this little, tiny, shy, long, long, long haired, skinny, tiny little girl to this beautiful woman um, and, and great wrestler. I'll see her from time to time. And Gail Kim, I'll see at the conventions. Um, I didn't get to meet like a Stacey Keebler or Tori Wilson, um, China or Sable. Lita, I met before, you know, uh, Kenny Devine, when I moved to, to um, Nashville, I met, oh, actually, I knew Candy before, working with her on some indie stuff, uh, but, but those, you know, those, like the newer ones, I've never met, Becky Lynch, or Sasha, or Charlotte Flair, so, you know, and I don't even know who the newer ones are, <laughs> Well, they say with the, these women now, they're saying, like, this is the woman's revolution, which is obviously a lot of uh, marketing as well. But do you kind of take umbrage at all with that? Because maybe Glow was really the original woman's revolution. Because, they, they, you know, they, they kind of shape it in, in, into today's world. Yeah. Well, like I said, if it wasn't for Glow, we were already doing the 30-lady, uh, you know, um, battle royal. We were ahead of our time. I think we were trailblazers. Um, you know, I think that we did shatter uh, the the glass ceiling. And if it wasn't for us, you know, I think Awesome Com will always say, yes, I wanted, me and my brother, we watched Glow. We wanted to be in Glow. So that's the cool thing is to hear, you know, the youngsters tell you that. You know, I, I love hearing those stories. It makes you feel good. So if it wasn't for Glow... There would not be these young ladies today. And like I told you before, the pioneers like Mildred Burke and June Byers and, and Nell Stewart, I mean, without any of those ladies, the Penny Banners, the Joni Mae Youngs, where would we be? You know, it's crazy. For sure. And it just it's feels crazy. like it's a lot of, like, for for today's wrestling, I feel like it's a lot of just marketing, like uh, that's going to look great on their marketing or their T-shirt or whatever they're trying to sell to the advertisers. Like, oh, this yeah, is the push. woman's revolution. Yeah, but you got to do that. I mean, things have changed so much, you know, and it is empowering uh, to be a female wrestler today. You know, it was different back when we were wrestling. I don't think people looked upon it as it was, you know, like it is today, it's a, it was a different world in the 80s. We didn't have anybody to look up to. Who did we have in the 80s that were role models? No one. Wonder Woman? Is that it? That's who I remember. That's it. Linda Carter, yeah. So, yeah, Linda Carter. And I love her today. I love her out and I love playing her character. Hmm. <laughs> See? But was it for Wonder Woman? <laughs> yeah. So the ladies today have taken it to another level. They're beautiful, they're smart, they're strong, they're great athletes. With, you know, today's wrestling, and you mentioned Billy Corgan and the NWA, they're having that Empower pay-per-view. You said you're invited to all-woman. I mean, that's something that's really only been done once before on a national scale where they're going to do an actual pay-per-view, right. that it's all-woman. Even Mickey right. James, who's the executive producer of it, she that's different. You know, there wasn't an executive producer female before running their own pay-per-view. Right, and you're seeing that more and more on TV. You're seeing more directors, you know, just all around, directors and producers. I mean, Gingy Cohen, look at her. She did Orange is the New Black. How many seasons? I don't know, maybe eight, and then does Glow, three seasons of Glow. 
you know, so I love that. I, I love seeing women being more independent and uh, moving forward, you know, uh, it's a good thing. I kind of wish, you know, for us, I feel like we were ahead of our time, but in a way, you know, if we would have been on television today, you know, that it might have been, it, it, we probably would have had our own dolls and we probably would have had more things happening for us. Um, different time, definitely. You know, we would have had lunch boxes and we would have had more opportunity. Uh, the things that I remember was Fabergé. We had a Fabergé commercial, and I remember doing a, another a bike commercial that I never saw. It was a, a commercial for bikes, and it was me and a couple other girls. And you know how hot Las Vegas is. We were out there in the middle of the day riding these bicycles and over and over doing these stunts with the bicycles, uh, you know, lines. I, I think I got heat stroke that day. First time I was like, I don't feel well. Let's get into air conditioning really fast, please. <laughs> yeah, but, but today is, is, uh, is different. Humidity in Vegas is I love worst. the opportunity these ladies have. We don't have, thank goodness there's no, they have dry heat. Dry heat, it's okay, but, you know, 100-degree days, you know, are, are not good days. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely not. When you get out of wrestling, really, and, and like you mentioned before, we were doing that stunt work, you said that it kind of helped you transition. Is the stunt work very similar to, like, quote-unquote, taking bumps in wrestling? Is that kind of very similar? It's very similar, but it depends on what the stunt is. Um, you only do stunts that you have skills for. So if they're asking you to fall out of a plane or, or jump off a roof or jump off high, you better have those skills down. Um, those scare me. I don't like being, I can jump off a roof. That's about it. Any higher than that, I'm scared. But uh, it's very similar. Uh, it, the, the thing that's not similar is the pay the pay is much, much more, John. There are residuals. There is a union called Screen Actors Guild, you know, slash AFTRA. And I became a part of those. And, uh, you know, and once you're on, like Married with Children, you will keep getting paid over and over and over and over. And that is the difference. The, so as far as the stunts, depending on what that is, it's cake. Like I said, if you've been, if you've wrestled as many matches that I have had back then, all of a sudden you're doing one stunt. Like uh, one of them, I was on Days of Our Lives, and all they wanted me to do, uh, they wanted me to double the actress. And uh, the scene was, okay, you're going to be in her rig, wig and her outfit. You're going to walk to the door, but the door is going to explode. And what you need to do is take a fall backwards or however you want to take it. Now, we did it once. They told me what to do, and on a soap opera, they don't have just like a three-camera shoot or four. They have a lot of angles, more cameras than I had ever seen on a set before. So on action, we went, but they had a small mat down on the ground for me. I took a, uh, took a fall. We did it once, and then the director looked at me and said, can we do it without the mat on the ground? I said, absolutely, but I had... Yeah, I had uh, knee pads on and I had elbow pads and we went on action. I did again done. We had it done in two takes and I was done for the day. So, you know, like I said, depending on the stunt, uh, we usually get them done pretty quick. Um, Jag was another one I did that was, I think it was the first stunt job. It was wrestling. And the cool thing is the stunt coordinator let me choreograph all of it, except for one thing, he goes, let me choreograph this part. I go, perfect, but I choreographed the whole match for myself. And a stunt lady who was not a wrestler, she was probably about 6'2", and um, we choreographed that. That one took a little longer. We were indoors, and one of the actors, I don't remember his name, but he was very, very heavy. And we had to keep swinging his body and swing it over the top rope. And it was real difficult to get him up and over. And we had to keep doing it quite a few times. And that was a 12-hour day. That was not in and out in an hour. So some days you have simple things to do, and other days it's harder. 
However, the harder the stunt or the skill that you're performing, the more money you make because they allow, and they call it a bump, not a bump that you take in the ring, but more money. Um, they a lot more money for, you know, if you're falling through a glass table, you might make an extra $500 on that $1,000 um, that day. So the money is much better. <laughs> to be, or they're like, okay, she's a former wrestler. She can kind of take a beating and she could take bumps. Like, we want to be stunt Is there like a course or a class? How do you become a, a stunt professional stunt woman? Um, it's a small net group. So you got to get in with, like, they call it the family. Um, and then there was another guy in the Valley in California that you could go on Saturdays and you could do some training. So if you wanted to be a better stunt person, uh, you'd be on the trampoline practicing on the trampoline or you'd practice uh, trapeze, which scared the crap out of me. Um, that's when I figured that I am not good at heights. I remember climbing this little tiny ladder and I'm climbing up, and lightning's ahead of me. She goes, keep going. And I look down. I'm like, oh, oh. she goes, don't look down. Don't look down. Um, so, yeah, there are places that you can go that a lot of the stuntmen and women have these classes for extra training. So the more skills you know, the more work. Uh, but mostly a stuntman will do his due diligence, and he will look at your resume and see what you've done or what your skills are, and then call you on that. Sometimes they'll just say, yes, we're the one. Other days they'll go, I need to see six or seven ladies, you know, and interview you. So, like I said, depending on your skills, your height, do you, uh, if you're, if you're um, going to double someone, are you closer in height to this person? Do you need to be wigged? You know, are your measurements the same? So, or are they smaller, bigger? Trust me, if I had somebody that was stunting for me, I'd probably want someone that's body was outrageous better than mine. Right. <laughs> and then you get the, but then you get some of these actresses that don't want that person. Well, she looks way better than me. Well, you know, for me, if someone's going to try to double me, I want her to look hot. You know, <laughs> she better make me look really good. So I would find the chick that could do the stunt, but also made me look really good. Yes, makes sense. Absolutely. What other shows you mentioned? But but, but not in television. Right. Television, some television. Yeah, people are real jealous. Oh, it's terrible. You mentioned Mary with uh, Children before. Huge, huge show. What other shows have you been on? Right. Um, A a movie that we did in the 90s right after Glow, The Son-in-Law, was great with Polly Shore. Oh, yeah. Lightning. Uh-huh. We're in the first 30 minutes, so if you guys ever watched The Son-in-Law, Cheryl and I and Mountain Fiji are in that first 30 minutes of that show. We are mud wrestling. We are not pro wrestling. When they called me for the audition, they asked for a pro wrestler. And I went down, I interviewed, and he's like, well, we actually would like to do some mud wrestling. I go, oh, my God. I'd never mud wrestled a day in my life. And I just went, that's easier than wrestling. <laughs> not really it's a lot slippery and it's hard to do the moves you know it's more about you know it, it's a little more difficult to do pro wrestling in the mud so you know, that's why you see them sloshing around everywhere but anyway we got the gig i said no problem i go i've got lightning and he goes we need a bigger wrestler i go perfect let me ask if, if uh, emily dole is uh available and she was and we went down and worked on son-in-law and, you know back in the day too uh we there was a lot they give you five and unders you know you could be doing extra work and they pull you and say hey you need and a five and under meant five lines are under so now you're making more money because they just pulled you for a minute and thought that you'd be good for the scene and give you lines um they did that a lot um we worked a lot i worked on basic instinct as a dancer Uh, we worked on saved by the bell um different little stuff you know, that was back in the day. Me, myself, and Irene with, uh, well, I guess. Jim Carrey. Right now. Yeah. Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great so, movie. Fun, fun. Yes? Yes. Fun movie. Um, little stuff like that. And, um, yeah, those are some of them. You were on Living Color, too, weren't you? 
Another oh, uh, yes, that Jim Carrey show? In Living Color. So yep. that was interesting because I had a five and under on that. And I don't know if you've heard the term getting cut. On, you're on the cutting room floor. Well, I played a, a high school kid, girl, and I was going to the prom. And I had a prom dress. This prom dress, somebody was supposed to step on it, and it was supposed to come off, and I'm in my underwear. That did happen, but they cut that. So you never saw it. And uh, I still get paid to this day for In Living Color, even though you don't see Hollywood in it. Ah, interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I was like, oh, what happened to my scene? I, I dated a guy, David, and he was in a commercial. It was a Honda commercial, I remember. He had long hair. He was um, a drummer in a band. I remember him loving his long hair. And he went to do a Honda commercial, and they asked him, we need to cut your hair um, for the commercial. You know, so he's like, okay, I'll cut my hair. Well, commercials are different. If they cut you out of the commercial, that means you don't collect your money because you can make a ton of money on commercials. And um, they cut him out of the commercial. And he was I remember because he was so young. He's in his 20s. And he was, oh, he's like, they cut me out of the commercials and they cut my hair. <laughs> I had the last. You know, he was so yeah. upset that they cut his hair and then they cut him out of the commercial, which meant no money for you. He probably got, you know, maybe $750 and then thinking he was going to make tens of thousands of dollars on this Honda commercial. Never happened. But those things happen. Mine was different because it's Screen Actors Guild and, and it was TV and, you know, rules are different for certain things. That's good, though, for you. Obviously, you got lucky there, but that's awesome that SAG does that. Yeah, they, they, they take care of their people, that's for sure. you pay your, you got to pay your dues every every year as well. As long as you're current, you're you're good. We also, what did I, I worked on Chuck, and that was fun. Chuck versus the Seduction Impossible, it was called, 2011. They needed women who weren't afraid to shoot guns, and these were semi-automatic weapons. And we were kind of, um, they needed us to shoot. I was one of four in one of the scenes where, here's an example. Basically, you've got the stuntman, uh, your stunt coordinator, and you only have a few minutes to talk to him about this scene. So the scene was, there's four of us. Um, he said to me, you're going to be girl number four. So, you're, so he said quickly, he goes, first of all, this gun is very heavy. Don't hit yourself in the face. He said, also, you're going to land on your back. Don't hit your head. Uh, thirdly, when you shoot the gun towards the actor, bring it up past his head. Fourth, you're going to land next to girl number two and four. Don't land on them. Action, go! And it was like, boom. <laughs> it's like, remember everything I just said and do it. So Yeah, don't screw it up. Don't freaking screw this up you have he, you know and it was just like and you know do it quickly <laughs> and we did it in two takes we were done it was a, fin a great day um that was a fun show it probably worked mm, half it maybe a six hour day maybe less but that was fun so the uh, lockness was my very first one i <laughs> another one of those b movie beneath lockness uh i needed double the actor so they put me in a blonde wig and I was out in the in the lake at Lake Castaic in California. Cheryl Lightning had gotten me this gig. And they put me in the boat with the other uh, stuntman. And we had hydraulics underneath us. So on action, the hydraulics are going to explode in the water to make the boat tip over so it looks like the... So when they put... I don't know if they had CGI back then, but somehow the monster is supposed to you know, tip over the boat. And Cheryl told me my eyes were like, oh, my God. But the guy in front of me, the guy right across from me, the stuntman, when they said action, his face scared the shit out of me. He was like, <gasps> he was taking a deep breath. And I was just like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? And it just tipped, it tipped over. We went down and we did that in one take, which was, which was great. Thank goodness, because had, I had my wig on. And stuff, but Cheryl said we they were laughing so hard, you know, watching, you know, from the uh, 
from the, I guess they call it the shore, you know, part of the lake. <laughs> but we did it, and that was fun. So that was the first one I had ever done beneath blockness. Um, then there was others that aren't even really listed. I had to hang upside down on a cross for a movie called Armageddon. And um, that, when you're hanging upside down, they can only, they have to time you. You're only allowed to be upside down for maybe a minute. Other than that, they got to stop. And we had to do that several times. That shoot had to, had to go on a few times. So I'm on the cross, upside down, why, the, um, why there was a scene going on. Yeah, there were some fun times, let me tell you. <laughs> I love it. Pretty, uh, pretty great stuff. But hey, that's what you got to do, right? When you're in the, when Hollywood is in Hollywood, that's Absolutely. what you got to do. Yeah. I love that. Ooh, I like that for a book title. When Hollywood was in Hollywood. Ooh. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> you. I am. I am right now because I'm working on my bio. And of course, oh. that all got kind of put that got pushed back. Uh, ECW uh, in Canada publishing. Mm-hmm. Is is interested? Uh, then COVID hit, and I don't know what happened. So uh, we're hoping to uh, uh, get that moving again. As we hit the wind down, we head towards the finish here. I know you got so much stuff coming up, but looking back, what do you think is the legacy or the stamp of Hollywood? Not just wrestling, but your stunt work and and your really your acting career as well. You know what, I just look at a a young girl who had no fear in in doing what she did, breaking the glass ceiling in women's wrestling. You know, that's huge. Having the confidence, you know, and and overcoming those fears. I think if I could do it, you know, the women today can do it. So, you know, never say never say never. You know, and, and I always have to say to young kids, young women in the business, if there's something you don't want to do or something's wrong, please, please stand up for yourself. You can say no. I had to do it. You know, you can say no and uh, you can go on to another job if that job doesn't respect you for you. Um, yeah. Have the confidence. Move on. Don't be afraid. So... You know, Holly. I like I like your I like your uh, thing uh, when Hollywood was in Hollywood or when Hollywood's in Hollywood. <laughs> yes, exactly. I like that title. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid, ladies. Move on. Any regrets? You can do it. Have the confidence. I know, right? Regrets. I don't have any regrets other than I wish I have two cats and a boyfriend of 19 years who I love dearly. But we're both in entertainment, and I kind of wish that I might have taken off a year or two uh, to settle down for a minute and have kids. I don't know, hmm. but I, I, you know, I have I have nieces, and I have excuse me, no nieces. I have four nephews, and um, I think being a mom would have been something fun. But you know, it is what it is, and um, life goes on. You could adopt if you wanted to. I'm a little old now. I think so. I, you know, I have two cats, Lala and Jaja, uh, and my boyfriend. And uh, you know, life is great. When I'm on the road, I'm on the road. When he, he's a musician, when he's on the road, which will be happening shortly in September for him, he's on the road. It works really good for both of us. So I, I love life. I've been granted a, a great opportunity. Not everybody you know, can have those things, can have their own comic book, you know, can be on TV for four years, do married with children. So I'm really honored and I'm very blessed to have been in this business. Now, please run through everything you got coming up again, because I know you got so much, but run through some okay. of the, some of your plugs that you Thanks, got going John. on. Yeah, no problem. Sure. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to look at my, um, I'm going to look at my calendar here. So it looks like CAC in Las Vegas is happening. That's in September, uh, September 13, 14, 15. Then I've got the Daytona Comic Con uh, for my new comic in September. That's September 24th and 25th. Let's see, where does my October take me to? October, November, you've got Rhode Island Comic Con. And then 
uh, which is the first weekend in November. After that is the big event in New York, which is a great wrestling uh, convention. That'll be on the 13th, excuse me, November 13th. Uh, then we have um, LA, LA Comic Con, which is going to be December 3rd, 4th, and 5th. I think I've got them all. And for those who are interested in following on social media, if you're a Twitter person, it's um, at Glow Hollywood. Instagram is official Glow Hollywood. And if you guys are interested in any of my soap, that is my site is HollywoodBotanica.com. The Instagram is HollywoodBotanica.com with a K. Awesome stuff. All right, Hollywood. you got a lot coming up, a lot going on. It's awesome. Glad to hear everything is going good, and you are keeping busy post-pandemic. But thank you so much for all the time. Really appreciate <laughs> yes. it. Yes, I appreciate it too, John. Thanks so much. Appreciate your time. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies.